Over the last few weeks, I got to thinking about the tornadoes on two consecutive Friday evenings that blew through Mississippi, then blew through the following week through Arkansas, Little Rock, and uh, caused extensive damage, and thought about how we were blessed because uh, those storms missed us. I thought about Easter, what a, a rich time and life that is for, for us as believers, and kind of led me to think about what we want to talk about tonight, you know, how rich are we truly? I mean, we stop and think if uh, not long ago, Laura and I had to drive to, through Silver City, and if you've ever done that, as you approach, the primary color you're going to see is the, the blue tarps covering houses that uh, those roofs, uh, much of which are not even there anymore. And, uh, we still have our houses, and uh, we still have French fries, and we have food, and we have water, and we have money in our bank accounts, and our uh, stock brokerage accounts are looking nice, and the washing machines work, and we have shoes and on and on we could go to the material riches that we have and for which we really should be thankful. And I know in, in many times we really are. But it's also a really good time for us to pause and think about the great riches that we have in Christ, not just the material blessings that we have. Paul wrote the Ephesians, and in chapter 3, verse 8, Paul said this to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And Paul was trying to drive home to them to focus on riches that are really, truly beyond our comprehension. So tonight, for a few moments, let's name several of those. And I hope at the end of the day, there are a number that, uh, end of the evening, there are a number that uh, have will continue to come to your mind and uh, that you can celebrate it will be very meaningful for you so forgive me for my short list but i hope it'll spur you to think about some of the others the first one i'd like for us to focus on just to turn down a few verses to ephesians 3 verses 18 and 19 and paul says there may we be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Think for a few moments, especially as, as I'm sure we all did at Easter, of the immense, immeasurable love of God our Father. Now, we all understand that from time to time, there are times we may not feel loved. Maybe by, uh, not feel loved by your family, by your church, by friends, neighbors, co-workers. But we should never question whether or not God loves us and loves us so much that we cannot even comprehend that. In all likelihood, what first comes to our minds is, he sent His Son to die for us believers. What, what fabulous love is that, that He would die for me? And it is almost unfathomable. To look at that in a little bit different way, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 103, verse 11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. 
God loves us as high as the heavens are above the earth. How high is that? Well, our galaxy is the Milky Way. The astrophysicists and the astronomers tell us, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Milky Way is about 100,000 light years across. Now, we can't even think of that. I mean, we know the number 100,000. But when we start talking about light years, if you remember from you know, junior high science class, a light year is the distance that light will travel in a year. And light travels real, real fast, right? In fact, a light year is 5.88 trillion miles. And if the Milky Way is 100,000 light years across, that's 5.88 trillion times 100,000. I'm going to suggest that probably a number that's never been invented. That's immense. That's huge. Now, that is our galaxy. All of y'all have probably read that astronomers tell us that our Milky Way galaxy is really not that big of a galaxy. I mean, yeah, 100,000 light years. To try to to try to put that in perspective, if you take a quarter, and if y'all who are on live stream, that's, I'm holding in my hand a quarter. If this represents the Milky Way, if this is 5.88 trillion times 100,000, if this is the Milky Way, and I put it down right here on the podium, the universe from this quarter is the size of the North American continent. That's where the Milky Way fits into the universe. It's a quarter in the North American continent. And that's how much God loves you and me. Beyond our comprehension. Now, this morning... Our minister said, I needed to do something to kind of help y'all get rich. So, if you don't have a quarter, I brought my bucket. So, after church, if you don't have a quarter, you can come up and get your quarters. But, you know, if you stop and think about it, that might be a way you could share your faith with a friend. You might have a conversation about God loves you. Well, how much does God really love me? Give them a quarter. Now they're going to kind of think, well, you're chintzy, don't you have a dollar? But then explain it to them in that context. That's how much God loves you. Now, God obviously has a sense of humor because on the far side of the universe is the Whirlpool Galaxy. And in the middle of the Whirlpool Galaxy is a, con a, a constellation, a group of stars. If you flip your bulletin over tonight... That's what's on the back side of it. This is in the Whirlpool Galaxy. If you want to look up the Whirlpool Galaxy, the astronomers call it M51, or the other name for the Whirlpool Galaxy is NGC 5194. And in the middle of the Whirlpool Galaxy is this constellation. It's called the X structure, but it sure looks like a cross to me. And to prove that God has a sense of humor, there on the far side of, of his creation is a cross and a constellation of stars.
By the way, the cross beam there is about 1,100 light years in distance. That's just how far the beam is on the cross. So that's why it's on the back of your bulletin and why the quarter is important, to remind us just how much we are loved by God our Father. Coupled with this, y'all, is the fact that God will always love us. It's not conditional. Y'all know these verses. Turn over to Romans 8, very end of that chapter. Very end of Romans 8. Because Paul reminds us there in those last two verses. Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will always love us in terms we will never ever be able to comprehend. The riches of Christ. Another thought I think is, is very important about the riches that we have as believers is that we are members of Christ's church. What an immense privilege and immense benefit that is. If you'll turn over to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, the writer of Hebrews says this, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day, day drawing near. How many times have we come to church, and we've all seen this, gathered around the coffee pot before Sunday school starts, conversations are taking place, conversations that get a lot deeper quickly than what are you planting where, how much rain are we going to get, What's the outlook for deer season this year? To us, members struggling with issues, having questions, seeking advice, seeking wisdom. How many times have you come to this church and seen someone and you kind of know what they're dealing with, what they're going through, and it lifts your heart? It gives you encouragement. It gives you some excitement. That we know God's love is at work. We know that His Word is at work. We know that His wisdom works. That's what happens here in the church. That's one of the great riches that we have. We're not just a club. <laughs> Y'all know that. Christ committed His life for the church. And we have the great benefit of getting to live in this church it is for that encouragement, that grace, that growth. If you'll turn a couple of chapters over to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, this is pretty familiar to you because, you know, Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. It goes through that long list of the faithful. And then the writer of Hebrews comes to chapter 12 and he says this, Therefore, after naming all this, the, the faith chapter, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so eagerly, easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How many of us have left our gathering together on the Lord's Day encouraged, uplifted, some of us knowing what's coming this upcoming week and now getting excited about getting in the middle of whatever that is? How many times have we come together and heard about what God is doing somewhere and we're excited because we get to participate in that. Maybe it's financially. Maybe you go and visit. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. We have some close friends in Jackson that not long ago, Crossgate Baptist Church, in just a normal Sunday morning service, they have two. A number of individuals came forward in the, mo in the first morning service and asked to be baptized because they had come to faith. The second morning service, even more came forward in the morning service. The morning service lasted till 2.30 that afternoon because they experienced a great moving of the Spirit, turnings of hearts and minds, and people wanted to be baptized before they went home. They did not and would not wait. That's exciting. When we hear things like that that's going on in Christ's church, and that's what happens with us here. We get that type of encouragement, one of those great riches that we have in Christ. A third great rich, great rich that we have is the Bible itself. We have the Word of God. God created all the heavens and all the earth and everything there is. And then He decided to communicate with us that we have in our hands His Bible, His Word. Turn with me over to uh, Isaiah 55. first couple of verses, the old prophet wrote this, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what's not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to you, shown to David. And now turn down to verses 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furthering the seed to the sower and the bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire without succeeding in the nature for which I sent it we hold in our hands the word of God it is powerful in law school years ago I remember one day in class this discussion came about witnesses in a courtroom and our aged professor, who had been a prosecutor in Mississippi for many, many years, said that he truly believed that people in the courtroom would tell the truth. Because back in that day, when a witness was called, they brought out a Bible, and that witness put their right hand on the Bible, raised their left hand, and swore the oath to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And he told us that day in class, that he believed most, almost every witness would tell the truth because they believe in their heart of hearts that if you touch the Bible, 
and then lied, you would go to hell. Now, we know that's not so. But it illustrates the power that a lot of people believe God's Word has. And the fact of the matter is simply this. It does. It is powerful. As we were talking in evangelism class the other day, as you talk with friends and family, one of the best avenues of evangelism is just get somebody to read the Bible. This is powerful. This is the greatest story ever told. It's about the greatest person that has ever lived because he was far more than a person. He's God who came to us. And we have one of the great riches. We have God's Word. Here are His laws. They're very simple, simply straightforward. There's just ten of them. When people start, God has all these commandments. He only has ten. Also is all His wisdom. James 1 tells us, if you need some wisdom, ask God and believe that He's going to give it to you. He will. That's one of the great riches that we have. Whatever problem you're facing, whatever you're trying to deal with, whatever you're trying to figure out, what should I do? There's guidance in God's Word. That's how wonderful, that's how powerful it truly, truly is. One other rich, one of the, of the great riches that we have in Christ is that, believe this or not, God has given us everything that we need to live holy lives. Peter, in his second epistle, the first chapter, the third verse, let's back up to verse 2 to kind of start this sentence. So this is Peter, second Peter, first verse, excuse me, first chapter, second verse, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Whatever you need to live the way God calls us to live, to live holy, He's given us that. He has given us that ability. He's given us whatever it is we need. If it's something that you're struggling with and you're having difficulty, God has given us the power and the ability to live holy lives. Let's read the rest of verse 3. Through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. God knows exactly what He's doing, and He knows exactly what I'm doing, and He knows exactly what you're doing. He knows what you're dealing with, what you're facing now, and He knows what you're going to face that you may not even know you're going to face. And He has given us all that we need pertaining to life and godliness. That's the great richness that we have in Him. He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us out there to hang on to figure out what to do. This afternoon as I was looking over my notes, windy day, and Laura and I happened to notice this sparrow that was hanging on to a small little branch at the end of a long limb in a pecan tree. The branch happened to be dead. There were leaves all around it, but it was a little branch, and this sparrow had, was clutching with its claws for dear life, being blown back and forth like it was riding a, a, a roller coaster at the fair. And yet that limb up next to the tree wasn't moving at all. All you've got to do is sit down on the riches of Christ. 
You don't have to live out there on that limb, hanging on for dear life, being blown by every wind that blows through life this upcoming week. Sit in the riches of Christ. It is as solid as any pecan tree you'll ever see. So I hope this evening you'll think about some of these other great riches that you have in Christ. Let's pray together. Then we're going to sing and we're going to ask Tim to come and pronounce our benediction. Let's pray together. Father, we are mesmerized at the wonder and the delight of Your Word, the power that You have given to us in it, the wisdom that You have given us, the revelation You have given us, the welcoming You give us, the blessings that You give us. Father, we are so grateful that you, we have Your Word and we have Your Son. He lives and even now makes intercession for us. He prays for us. And You watch over us and You keep us and we thank You. Father, we give you honor and glory and pray that you make us more like him and that you draw us closer and closer to yourself. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.